0: Young millionaires and is and train. Young millionaires and train. Young
1: millionaires and train. Building your checkings and your savings and your savings and your checkings and your savings and your checkings and your savings. Young millionaires and trainers and train. Young millionaires and train. Young millionaires and train. Building
0: your checkings and your savings and your savings. All right, we are back. Part two, actually, are the Mancivos. In part one, of course, we talked about Richie's Italian Ice and their business that they have that. Even though, I, as I told you in that one, I'm still lobbying for Richie's Italian Ice and Empanadas, but that's <laughs> just me. That's just me. However, y'all know it's super important that we talk about life insurance. So, Crystal, tell me about your journey into the life insurance world, okay? Because a lot of people think it's boring, but it's probably the most important thing of all time, in my opinion.
1: So coming from a medical background, because I started in the medical industry when I was young, I became a pharmacy technician and then moved into a hospital pharmacy. And then from there, I decided to merge the two worlds because I did my research on insurance. And I noticed there's a lot of medical pertaining to the insurance industry. So when I chose that avenue and went into that side of things, I got health licensed in 2015. And I started with Aflac. I was selling indemnity plans to commercial businesses, small business owners, that could provide that extra layer of protection for people in accidental cancer and things of that. And then from there I moved to San Antonio and I decided to go into the PNC industry, dabbled a little in claims, and then I'm back in life and health as of 2017, I started selling life and health policies on the side, basically term insurance. IULs, whole life, universal life. I've dabbled in annuities and things of that nature. I always do my research on my companies. I like to go with companies that have excellent claim and reputability. So they're going to pay you out on the claim. They're notorious for paying out the members what they're owed, companies that like to do premium payouts at the end of the term. So for example, if you have paid on a term policy for 20 to 25 years, there are companies that will actually pay you back those premiums in the event that nothing has occurred or you've had no claims within that timeframe. Very big about things of that nature, probably just because of my personality giving back. So I'm currently representing about 13 different carriers simultaneously that I can appoint people with. And I truly enjoy it because I love just making connections and helping families with that protection for their future.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So so I did an episode earlier and gave my opinion on life insurance, term, whole, this, that, and the third. So talk to me a little bit about New client comes in. Everybody got that uncle that told them they bought a term policy in 1993 and that's what they need. Or that one to say only get your whole life term. You don't have anything. How does that discussion go where you help people decide between whole life from a license standpoint?
1: That's a tricky conversation to have. It all depends on the investment that the consumer is wanting to make for themselves. So a whole life product is going to be able to pay you back in loans and payouts within your lifespan. A term product is only going to cover you in the event that you die. So it ultimately comes down for me to which one is most important and essential to that person. Mm. IULs, bells from what I understand, they can actually work as profitable bank accounts for people and they can process funding through the IUL and not be charged penalties by the government. They don't have to pay taxes on certain things that they borrow and things of that nature. So when I sit down with a client, I try to navigate first and foremost their needs. So what are you needing from me? And then we'll take a look at that, assess that, evaluate that together, break that down for them. For me, ultimately, I'm, I've am i been a single mom all my life. I know money doesn't grow on trees. I know it's not going to fall out of the sky tomorrow. So if it comes down to telling a client your policy could cost you $238 a month, Warren, based on your age and your health and this and that, and third, I'm not going to tell them to pay $238 so I get a $500 commission and then they can't pay their light bill in September or October. That is essential for me. So if their needs are there to be covered, but have minimal expense out of pocket, then obviously you'd want to go with a term product, something that will protect them and protect their loved ones, but not be so expensive. A whole product is going to be based on your age ultimately and your health. And you have to get approved for those products because you do have the opportunity of borrowing against them at Mm. any given time. It really just depends on the person's needs, and I try to assess that, evaluate that, take that into account, and then we're going to go from that standpoint and move forward for what's best for them moving on.
0: Understood. I think it was episode five of the podcast when I talked about insurance. During that episode, I talked about how much insurance you needed. So I looked at it from the standpoint of if you were replacing a income, because that's how I always think about it, that I want to get life insurance to replace the income, obviously take care, funeral, whatever, but more so my focus, let me replace my income so that my family can continue to live the same. So the example that I gave in that was if you're 40 years old, you plan on retiring at 65, you have about 25 years left to work. If you're making $50,000 a year, we need to figure out some kind of way to replace $1.25 whether it be in insurance, investments, whatever the case may be. But reasonably speaking, we need to replace that. Now, with you being a licensed agent, can you talk to me some about what kind of questions a person would need to be able to answer that you're going to ask them?
1: So if We're coming from a logistical standpoint, such as this one. I would sit down with the client and we would get down to brass tacks pertaining to income, do the calculations accordingly, like you mentioned, the way you broke it down. I just really try to get in depth as I can. I always try to be as transparent with my clients as I can be. I believe honesty is the best policy because ultimately we have access to all this information that you guys truly don't Realize we have access to. And I could go in depth in that, but I'll lose a lot of people. So I won't. And so it's always in the client or the consumer's best interest to just be honest. If I'm asking you how much you make a year and you tell me you make $85,000 a year and you only make $45,000 a year, believe it or not, I'm going to see it. So being as honest and transparent as I'm being with a client is all I ask for. If someone is truly co- going down, you know, Eat to the dollar, and I'm insuring them based on like your calculation or your example that you presented 1.025 million. Then I'm truly gonna dig in terms of okay, what assets do you hold? What capital do you have, if any? Do you have any inheritance money? Do you have royalties? Do you have land that your parents have inherited through? a great aunt of some sort that maybe you don't know about. Things of that nature are very important to disclose to your agent and just be upfront and honest because they can ultimately save you in the end in terms of spending so much when there's not a need. You want to cover what the need is ultimately and what the client is out to protect. And then that's it. Trying to hide things or not being fully upfront and disclosing it 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 doesn't help anyone. You just want to be as honest as you can just so that we can make sure that if, like I said, if you're protecting your family and your loved ones and that's the most essential thing. Ultimately for us, like for me, we don't own a home. We rent, so our needs are a little bit lower in regard to protecting each other. So I think we have $500,000 on each one individually and we pay monthly on certain policies that equate to that and we're good. The other happens to check out or god forbid something happened
0: the upper room we got you
1: (laughs) i'm good he's good as we build the business we plan to sink more money into certain viable instruments that can protect us and give us even more protection moving forward with the kids and having those assets build and so as you grow your income yes you want to look into those other options and grow your layers of protection as well
0: Actually, that's a great segue into my next question. So, you also said you do health insurance as well. I was, I'm gonna call myself being a little hypocritical. I always take accountability for everything that I do. So, I was sharing the story with them about how in 2020, I actually was getting ready to leave and had considered going full time entrepreneurship. Okay. Then, for some reason, I forgot what ended up making me put it off, but I was very close. I was like, you know what? I think. This is the time COVID was going on. Then I ended up getting sick. When I got sick, it was so interesting to me because I knew that I realistically needed health insurance and that my health insurance now is through my job. And granted, I still would have been covered with Missy. However, prior to me getting sick with the pulmonary embolism, I had never been sick. I spent one night in the hospital in my whole entire life on a freak accident type of situation. I knew I needed it, but it wasn't at the forefront. So... I know with you all being very entrepreneurial minded and running your businesses and owning, but you also, your business pertaining to insurance, how do you go about those conversations with business owners or even within yourself? No, you need health insurance too. (laughs) Like You can't just be out here without health insurance. So talk to me about not only the importance of it, but how you present that to people.
1: Honestly, I find that asking the client what they need is first and foremost, Mm. because if I don't ask them to share with me what their needs are, then I'm Mm. never going to I have to listen. I'm never going to know what I'm what, what I'm working for. So ultimately, it's what are your needs? What do you need covered? I have several different various plans I can help middle class Americans with. I actually have a cousin, which I love this particular arena because it's very helpful. And I've been thriving in the health plan industry as well for the last consecutive four to five years. I've even done a stride campaign where we were locking in Uber drivers and DoorDash drivers so that they could have coverage, making them mm. aware of those options as well, and giving them that opportunity to be insured. And mm. what I really do is my cousin, and let me go back to my cousin and her husband, are middle class. Mm. He's the only provider, sole mm. income. My cousin has mm. two younger boys, and he makes about 80000 a year, according to the government. And Based on their income through healthcare.gov, their premium would be $1,700. Their house mortgage for a home over 100 acres of land, at their tiny home, is $758 a month. So to go from paying $758 to have a roof over your head and $1,700 to insure your children in the event of an accident on, in health or doctor visit is extremely astronomical. Absolutely. But absolution, unfortunately, based on her husband's income. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I locked them into a shared health plan. There are other viable options. And when you find a insurance producer that has these connections with other resources, it's very helpful for the consumer to know about those options. So when people come to me and they say, Man, Crystal, I'm looking at $1,500 a month just to insure myself and my wife. I'm a truck driver. My wife stays home, but I make 90000 a year. Okay, let's look at this other option. It's a shared health plan option, and it's a set premium per month. But here again, I need to know the client's needs because if I'm looking at a client that has to see the physician every other month, frequently every month, takes about eight to nine medications per month. I'm going to have to look at all the viable options for that client. And in the end, healthcare.gov is the way they need to go. I'm going to advise them as so. Another thing with healthcare.gov, if you have a cancer patient, as an insurance agent, you never want to tell a client with cancer that they know they have cancer. You want to insure them with another policy. You want to send them to healthcare.gov. They're actually going to cover their treatment And because they have cancer, they're going to have other viable resources available through the plan. Agents don't inform you of that. They don't know those things. Or they know and they're just out for their own gain. So for me, it's truly taking a look at what your needs are. I was taught that early on that what do you need for me? When the client comes to me, that's always my first proposition. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. It may sound crazy and far-fetched and it may seem like the worst scenario that one can even fathom don't worry about it don't um, don't analyze it don't overthink it just let me know so I can see what I can do for you and let me help you and that's it that's how I that's how I approach every client that I'm in contact with
0: well understood no and thank you for breaking that down because I was not familiar with the shared health plan so actually thank you for sharing that with the <laughs> share. So to wrap up with the insurance thing, what has been the major barrier that you find that stops people from wanting to get life insurance or health insurance or any kind of insurance, really, in your opinion or in your experience?
1: A hundred percent. I can wait on that or it's not that important to me right now. And unfortunately, I've seen way too many instances where it's not that important to me now. And then a month or so, a child is diagnosed with a terminal illness. You can never insure that child again. Battling cancer, she has not enough coverage. Husband's working five jobs to make ends meet, to pay for treatments, to pay for doctor visits, to cover copays. So, what I always try to do is I always try to inform my clients of everything that I'm aware of that's out there to help them. I also try to put them at ease and let them know that we're in this together because we all are right in this life. We're all together going through the same. There's some things that I may know that you don't, but I didn't know. And so I'm here to help them. I'm truly here. If they need me, call me. If you need to battle a bill, call me. If you need to talk to a representative, like it's extremely astronomical. Help me help you thing. And so For me, it's ultimately just how would I expect someone to treat me. But the hardest thing that I've found is ultimately the clients just like to chalk it off. And I know money's tight. I know it is. Trust me. The $150 that comes out of my account to cover myself for $500,000 and do I think I'm worth $500,000? Probably not. But to know that he's going to be taken care of and my kids are going to be okay. I have that peace of mind at night later on. If I work overtime, if I have to put in extra hours at the business and we make extra commission and I get paid out extra that week, so be it. I have peace of mind every night knowing I can ensure myself for the safety of their future, his future and the kids' future. So in the end, $70, $80 to cover yourself on a million dollar policy, no health questions. It's worth it to me to have that peace of mind in life at some point. So even if it's a term policy, get the coverage. But a lot of the time, people just want to chalk it off as the last thing that they want to do. And I get it. I've been there before. Been there, done that. I've lapsed on policies as well. But in the end, it's truly essential. And it's very helpful. Like we both have indemnity plans as well that we pay on through National Life Group. So in the event that anything were to ever happen to Rich, God forbid, and he have an accident with the business, let's say a freezer fell on his leg, let's say a freezer broke his ankle, I'm going to get paid $800 a day if he's admitted to the hospital or ICU if he has a heart attack a stroke. If he's admitted to the hospital, it's, I think, a $250 to $300 daily pay. And then we have two indemnity plans. So we double dip on some of them. There's so many viable options for people. And a lot of the time they just don't know, but don't ever hesitate to ask, what's the worst thing someone's going to tell you when you ask a question? What's the worst thing they're going to say? No, or I'd rather not talk about that. But yeah, and then so... I find out things through life for me when you were talking about the lesson and what the business has taught us is to always have full transparency with people because people want to know you care. And second, always come with the heart of servitude and gratitude. Be grateful for what you're given and also be willing to help others in the same way
0: token. Amazing. So for all these people who now need indemnity plans (laughs) and now need shared health plans, tell the people how to contact you, Crystal.
1: You can contact me, Crystal Harrington. I'm an independent agent, so you can contact me at 210-870-7147. That's my personal cell number. You can contact me on Facebook, Crystal Harrington, H E R I N I'm also associated with Richie's Italian Ice. So if you go to Richie's Italian Ice, S-A-T-X, You'll see that I'm the page administrator and it should take you directly to my page. I comment on stuff and I'm on the newsfeed all the time. And then on Instagram, a ch underscore 8091. And feel free to call me anytime. I'm here for whoever needs my services. Our business number as well, 361-945-9375. That is
0: our business line. That's amazing. That was some really great information because that was some stuff. You taught me some stuff, so I'm grateful for that on that and definitely grateful for both of you all taking (laughs) the time to join the platform
1: tonight. Thank you, sir. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I was... It was had, I told you I had to ask you all because it was, it was on my heart to do so. <laughs> and I appreciate you for doing that and sharing your talents and your gifts, your information with us. So make sure once again for this episode, all of her information will be down in the description. I probably will stick both of their information in both episodes just to make sure y'all don't miss it. However, until next time, make sure to keep up with y'all training and we will get back with you
1: young millionaires and dreamers and try young millionaires and train young millionaires and train. train building your chickens and your savings and your savings and your, your chickens and your savings and your chickens and your savings